Over the last two decades, I've been on a quest to learn everything I can about leadership, obsessed with what makes the best leaders so good. After running companies small and large for the last 20 years, today I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo, and I'm your host. I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this topic. What makes the best leaders so good? Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading other people, and living and leading a fantastic life. Speaking of a fantastic life, uh, I was down in North Carolina recently visiting my family, my friends, and uh, soon-to-be neighbors. I am making a move down in North Carolina, which I'm extremely excited about. Uh, I will be down there in the next couple of weeks, right around the corner. I've, I've got the great fortune of being able to run my business from anywhere, so I'm taking that opportunity to begin this chapter of life in a whole new place and very, very excited about it. So uh, I was down there a couple weeks ago, and I was down um, with my daughter, and, uh, and then my son joined soon after. Uh, we went to the pool one day, and one, one of the things that was interesting, and I wanted to share this on today's episode. So this is a fantastic pool, beautiful place. It's packed, and it's 80, 85 degrees and sunny, so everybody's taking the opportunity to, to, uh, to get out there and do some swimming and have some fun. But uh, this pool, which is packed, is entirely run by high schoolers. So it is from the moment you walk in and check your badges to the lifeguards on duty to everybody. Uh, it is all high schoolers that are running the show. And they are running a great show. I mean, this pool operates, even at a packed capacity, uh, really, really uh, extremely well. And especially in this stage of re-entering normalcy after COVID, uh, they were still adhering to all the things that they had to down in North Carolina. It's a little bit, uh, there are a few steps ahead of where we are in Massachusetts and in the Northeast. But uh, nevertheless, they were running a really tight ship and it was really, really run well. What caught my attention was um, at the pool, and uh, you, I've shared with you that in my past, one of my many, 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 many jobs growing up and in college was a, um, and in high school was a lifeguard. And I was a pool lifeguard and, you know, not the lifeguard that you would want to necessarily have guarding your life if you did not know how to swim. So fortunately, the pools that I was a lifeguard at were no deeper than maybe five feet. But uh, nevertheless, uh, I was uh, a fraction of the lifeguard talent and skill and uh, and focus that I saw at this pool. I was uh, impressed that these lifeguards really seemed to be in their A-game. They were focused. There was one lifeguard in particular that really caught my eye, and this lifeguard was so focused on the water and his job of guarding that water and the people in it um, that it just, he stuck out to me. And I took note, and it, I was just impressed that here is a high school kid that could probably be, uh, you know, letting his mind go wherever or his eyes wander wherever, um, yet really, really took his job seriously. And that was to guard that water, make sure everybody was safe in the pool. Uh, I watched him for a while, and there was not a time where his eye gaze broke 
what he was supposed to be looking at in that pool in front of him. And what it got me thinking about is the whole challenge of getting people to take ownership in a role. I mean, here was somebody that took an extreme level of ownership in what he was doing. And that's what made this pool really run so well is everybody took a high level of ownership in it. And I talk to leaders all the time, and this is just one of those really challenging things when you're running an organization to get everybody in that organization that's got a role to really own that role. And every leader will talk about it. Hey, yeah, I want to build an organization that's full of people with an extreme level of ownership. And the reason why leaders talk about it is they know what kind of results that Uh, that ultimately provides, right? You've got a bunch of people on your team that take such extreme levels of ownership in what they do. It's inevitable you're going to have great results. As long as they know clearly what they need to do and what their mission is, when they take a level of ownership, it totally transforms the results. And the reason why is because you have somebody there that is willing to do not only what it takes, but whatever it takes to perform that role at such a high level because they own it. It's not being, uh, it's not going under somebody else's recognition or somebody else's name. Their name is next to that. And for whatever reason, it may, may be a number of them, it's extremely important for that individual, to that individual, for that outcome to be positive because it's them. It's a reflection of them, right? It's a personal thing. And they're on a mission to make sure it's done at an extremely high level. And I love walking into organizations. You can almost see when you walk into a store or a restaurant or whatnot, you can see people that take such a high level of ownership. And again, that's just such a big factor to these organizations winning at such a high level. So the question I get a lot, and I work with leaders on this all the time, is how do you really breed that level of ownership? You know, some people seem to just have it. They, you give them a task, they run with it. But this is a leadership thing. I mean, there are things that we can do as leaders to breed ownership and help people develop that level of ownership. And there are things that we may not consciously do that actually take that away. You know, I was, I was talking to a friend of mine who his boss constantly gives him things to do and projects to work on and ownership, uh, things to own. But then the boss is is always there kind of pulling things back, you know, or 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 watching closely or, hey, you go do this. This is totally yours, but not really. That's not really how it is, because he can tell by the boss's actions that he hasn't let go of this thing. And all that does is it deflates my friend. My, my, my good friend is left in a situation that she's frustrated and it's because it's not really his right it's his boss's boss has loaned it to the, to him for that period of time so it's it's a whole different picture right and one of the the tough things the challenges for leader the challenge for leaders uh especially leaders that have built something in an organization is it's really difficult for them to let go of things because they have such this desire to maintain control because they're the ones that may have gotten it to a certain level and then to pass off any part of that to somebody else is a really, really scary thing. And the reason it's scary is because there's a lot of pride in what they've put together and they don't want to see it uh, go downhill. They don't want to see this task now that I'm pushing, put, giving to somebody else. They don't want to see that ball dropped. And it's it, it, they can't afford to see it drop, maybe from the business results standpoint, but also personally. They just, I can't, hey, I, I worked so hard to create this thing. I don't want anybody to mess it up, right? But leaders 
there are a lot of leaders that even know that, hey, okay, for me to really grow this thing, I need to develop other people. I need to pass off certain parts. Otherwise, I can't scale my organization. I see tons of organizations that get to a certain level, and it might be a solopreneur. It might be a one-person operation. It could be a 50-person operation, and they can't get past a certain level. And oftentimes, this is the issue. The leader has trouble putting responsibility into other people's hands and giving them full ownership of it. And I just think about the example of being a lifeguard. If you are a lifeguard and you are responsible for a certain amount of water that you're watching, your eyes and your focus can only ha- handle a certain amount of water, right? You can't, you can't guard a, an ocean. You, can't, you can only guard a certain amount of space. That's why you see larger pools have more lifeguards. Well, you have to expand. If you're going to expand your, your scope and the size of your organization, you ultimately have to give the lifeguarding responsibility to other people. And then eventually, you may not be the lifeguard. You may be overseeing the lifeguards. And then you may be overseeing other parts of the business and have somebody overseeing the the lifeguards themselves. That's how you're going to scale an organization. That will never happen unless you relinquish control and breed that ownership mentality. So what I find, there are six things that ultimately allow people to develop ownership. There are six ingredients that ultimately cause people to grab a hold of something so tightly that they say, I'm taking this thing to the finish line. One of those is they have to know what's in it for them. So what is the incentive, right? So if if I am given a responsibility, I need to understand that, okay, if I take this to the finish line and, and win, so to speak, and do this the right way, well, there's got to be something that's going to come back to me. That that could be personal satisfaction. It could mean growth opportunity. It could mean financial recognition. It could mean other types of expanded scope and other kinds of growth opportunity. It could be mentorship, whatever it is. But if I do this really well, this is what it means to me. And I also understand if I don't do it well, what is at risk? And I've got to care about that. I've got to care about the consequence. So if I were to drop this ball and this did not go the way it needs to go, okay, what would need to ha- what would happen and what would be the consequence? Okay, so I need to be rewarded or, or know and understand that there's incentive in it for me. So as the leader trying to build a, a ownership, I need to make sure my my uh, person that that's there that I'm trying to breed that ownership mentality understands the incentive. The second thing is they have to be clear, crystal clear on the desired outcome or the vision. Where are we going with this thing? Okay, how does this, what I'm doing right now, contribute to the overall mission of our organization? Okay, if, if I'm going to be this lifeguard here and I'm guarding this water, how does what I do here matter to the whole pool? I mean, I granted, I'm only working on this whole this area right here, but how does me being ultra-focused and doing an exceptional job contribute to the overall success of the pool? And when it does, do I buy into that vision? And, and does that ultimately, is that a vision that I want to be a part of? That's the other component to building ownership. They have to understand the vision. In the military, Hey, the vision is achieving this mission successfully. The mission, the uh, the vision, and the mission is that everybody returns safely. That mission is accomplished precisely exactly the way that they want to. The level of ownership 
in the military is so ultra high, especially with uh, special forces. You hear about Navy SEALs talk about uh, and Jocko Willink talk about extreme ownership. That is just the that's the whole fabric that makes up who they are. So uh, that's the second thing is the vision. The third thing is clarity, right? So I, I need to understand what is expected of me and what is doing this role at a really high level look like? So back to the lifeguard, if I am a lifeguard, okay, does that lifeguard understand that what is expected is not just that his or her body is at the edge of the pool, but that their eyes are moving around the pool at a certain fashion. There's actually expectations around that, right? You're not fixated on one part of the pool too long because I can't see what's going on over here on this, this level right here. If I'm looking over here, I can't see what's going on. Over. So what does that actually look like to succeed at that level? Okay, If there's a problem, what's happening? Okay, what do I need to do if I see somebody that's actually having a problem? Do I jump off my post? And if, if, if that's the case, who's watching over here? What do the other lifeguards do? Or what, what's my responsibility? Uh, there's a lot to understanding that total picture. And sometimes it's, it's bigger and broader and more complex than you may think. So that's the third thing, to have ownership. I need absolute crystal clear uh, idea on expectations. What does it look like to execute this role at the right level? Uh, the fourth thing I need, I need confidence. I need to know that I can do this, okay? Or I need to know that I can learn how to do this, that it's going to be a path that I'm going to get better and better at. I have to be able to know and have confidence that I'm going to move in this direction and it's going to be positive, progressive. I'm going to get better and I'm going to grow. Okay, But I've got to be able to know that, that I will be able to do this task. Okay, It can't be something that's unrealistic or something that I just don't have the confidence to do. That's number four. Number five is I have to be willing to do it. It's got to be something where when I measure all those things and say, okay, here's what's expected of me. Here's my confidence level of doing it. Here's the incentive. Here's how it contributes to the overall picture. I got to be willing to do that, right? I've got to be willing to take the risk that's going to be taken. I've got to be willing to step maybe outside of my comfort zone. I've got to have a willingness to move forward, and, and that will contribute to my level of ownership. And then the sixth thing, which is incredibly important, one of the most important ingredients, is I have to feel empowered that's the missing ingredient a lot of times, right? Leaders will put something in somebody's hands and not empower them to do it. They'll give them something, but then they'll be looking over their shoulders. They'll, they'll tell them they have decision-making responsibility when they really don't. Hey, I want you to take this, run with it. This is entirely yours. But check in with me before any kind of decision is going to be made. Okay, or you know, hey, make sure you're you're working with these other, you know, people, and they're going to be part partially responsible for it. No, that's not how it works. Empowerment means that this individual feels a sense of responsibility and and autonomy and independence to be able to make decisions that ultimately are going to achieve that goal and that objective. And with that, the tough thing for a leader is that you've got to be able to step back. In order to empower people, you've got to be able to step back from it and give them room. It's like if I'm training my son or daughter to ride a bike. Okay, At some point, you know, I might be behind them, but at some point I got to let go. And the risk there is that they're going to fall down, right? But the other side of that, which most of the time happens, is they're going to keep going. They're going to learn how to ride that bike. I've empowered them. But to empower somebody means that you let go of the reins. 
You're not in control anymore, which is really, really tough for leaders to do, I know. But you have to let go. In order to grow, you have to let go. Okay, In order to grow, you have to let go. That's absolutely critical. And that's when you're going to develop people. Now, it doesn't mean that it's going to be instant success. So what's tough sometimes is I've seen leaders where they let go, and then as soon as that bike starts to wobble, they come running back and they grab the bike. Well, you can't do that, right? People have to fall down. But if they feel like you're going to be there to jump in as soon as things start going wrong, they're not going to put 100% into it because they don't feel like it's theirs. They feel like it's yours. And it is yours. It's not theirs because you still have your hands in it. So my biggest message for leaders is you have to step away. You've got to be able to let go. Now, it doesn't mean that you turn your head completely and put your blinders on and don't even pay attention. Of course not. Okay, But if I have a lifeguard that I trust and I'm empowering, if I'm sitting there right next to them and watching them watch the water, at some point they're just going to feel like, okay, well, why am I here? We don't need you know two sets of eyes on the same water. If you're going to have me do this and you want me to take ownership of it, you got you to gotta trust me, okay? So leaders need to be able to do that. They need to fully empower their people. That's going to be another topic in another podcast. We're going to go deep on empowerment because that in and of itself is such, there's so much to that. Uh, but this, this topic today, those six things are really critical. To develop and breed a high level of ownership in your organization, you have to have those six things. Again, that's vision. You've got to have them buying into the overall vision of the organization. And what does it look like when this role is done well and how it contributes to that organization? You have to have a good incentive, right? They've got to be clear on what does this mean to me when I do this really well or if I don't do this really well, what happens? Okay, that's the incentive piece. Third is clarity. That role has to be crystal clear, exactly what's expected. They've got to know what it looks like to do it at a high level. They've got to have the confidence to be able to do it and know that they can either do it really well now or learn how to do it really well. They've got to have the willingness to do it based on all those factors. And then lastly, they've got to be empowered, fully empowered to do it. When you do those things, you're going to find the people underneath you are empowered. Your organization is going to move up to the next level. Unbelievable things happen when you have people that have ownership. All right. So hopefully that was helpful today. Keep your ideas coming. I love to hear from you what's going on out there and uh, your uh, your scope and your world and uh, all the things that you're doing great and the things you may have struggles with. Uh, we're here to uh, talk about some ideas, strategies, and things that can help other people. So be sure to like, share this, comment, subscribe. And we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader for suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching. Reach me at john at loritogroup.com. Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P.com. Thanks. Lead on.